podcast with your host scotty wrestling ladies and gentlemen we have finally made it in the world of wwe we have finally made it this weekend is the official return of the fans in wwe shows god bless us all it's been a long road we've been through empty arena shows we've been through nxt crowd shows we've been through the thunderdome We've done so much to get here. And after a year and a half, thankfully, we have made it. You know, it was, at times, it could be really bad TV. But sometimes they managed to do a lot that, you know, helped brighten my day and I think a lot of others. Um, I'm always going to bring up WrestleMania 36, the... First ever and only ever WrestleMania with no fans in attendance. That was during such an uncertain time. And I remember it being a sense of, okay, there's something normal still in my life. And I think that was their goal. Um, there's been ups and downs for WWE, since, especially since this all started. And that goes without saying. There's been so many releases. There's been... Endless, endless bad episodes of Monday Night Raw. But the talent, what matters most, they've done their best to give us a show week in and week out without being able to feed off of anyone. The Thunderdome's one thing, but that's not a real crowd. And now we're finally here. Starting Friday night on SmackDown, they will start the live crowds, then they will be at Money in the Bank and Raw. So that is a three big whammy of a return to crowds. I think SmackDown is going to be a very special episode. I think Money in the Bank is going to be a very special pay-per-view. On paper, it's actually pretty good. Uh, we're going to get into previewing Money in the Bank in a bit here. But I'm just excited because this also means we are going to get a number of returns of perhaps the biggest names in the company. There's a lot to be excited about as a WWE fan. I don't think, you know, a show like Raw is going to get fixed overnight. But I'm hopeful that a real crowd 
not only inspires, but changes something up. Because crowds, fans, are what drive professional wrestling. And I think we've gotten so accustomed now to whether it be empty arenas or uh, limited fans or no fans at all that this weekend, these past few weeks for AEW, this weekend for WWE, they're just going to continuously feel special. We also have Slammiversary this Saturday, which will also have fans in attendance. They've promised so many uh, debuts and returns. The I believe the saying is our world changes once again. Um, you know, with all the WWE releases, I'm wondering who shows up there. That should be a fun show to not only watch, but cover and discuss, which we'll probably do next week. We're not going to preview that because we have to preview Money in the Bank. But fans are back, and it's just it's just fantastic. I cannot wait for that first SmackDown. Um, if, if you're smart, you just start the show off with either Roman Reigns or a return. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but, yeah, I'm very excited. So let's get into this past weekend SmackDown, the last SmackDown hopefully ever inside the WWE Thunderdome. Um, it was a really good show from beginning to end. It was a lot of, I saw some people calling it one of the best COVID era shows possibly um, out of all the year and a half plus. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, so let's kick off with the sad news. It was revealed earlier last Friday that Bailey injured herself training for her I Quit match with Bianca Belair. And WWE has said that she will be out nine months. And this sucks. This sucks because... In every sense of the word to me... Bailey was the... MVP of the Thunderdome era of the really the COVID no fans era. Bailey did everything in her power to not only carry SmackDown, but even at times she carried Raw. She was on NXT. She did everything alongside Sasha Banks. And I think a lot of people, you know, they love Sasha, but I give more credit to Bailey. Because this was a new character that essentially she had to do all without fans. She didn't have anyone to react with. She made the most of it. She created this rivalry with Michael Cole where she just craps on him all the time. She was a phenomenal champion. She had some great matches. Charismatic as hell. And the fact that she doesn't get to be here for the return of fans sucks. It absolutely sucks. And she posted a video pretty much saying goodbye to the Thunderdome saying, you know, I waited long enough. What's another nine months? And when she comes back, it's going to be hard for anyone not to cheer her. Now, the way she comes back, that could get her booed again. But Bailey 
Bailey was going to get cheered anyways if she was wrestling. So now I'm intrigued to see where she goes. We are wishing her, you know, the speediest and most successful recovery possible. And I'm just looking forward to her comeback. Now let's get into SmackDown. Um, the story of the night or throughout the night was that uh, Jey Uso returned. That's where Roman Reigns was last week. Uh, so Jey Uso returned. They discussed how they're going to get Edge and they were going to make Edge pay at the end of the night. At the end of the night, it was not Edge who paid. Um, Roman Reigns walked out to fight Edge. The, the Usos and Roman Reigns got duped. They tried to attack Edge three on one. The Mysterio showed up to even the odds. Uh, Roman Reigns cowered away as the Usos um, took the same fate as they saw the week prior. Or Jimmy saw the week prior. Which was the steel chair bar in the mouth on a cross face. Which looks incredibly painful. And now Edge promises to do the same to Roman once again. And I'm wondering, could Edge win the belt? I don't think he does. I don't think there's a big chance. But with the return of fans, it make it just makes you think. They're probably going to want to give a big win to someone, a fan favorite. Could it be Edge? Probably not. But you never know. Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart are now officially a part of the SmackDown roster. They were the team to call the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Natalia and Tamina, um, who would answer the call. Knox and Blackheart would come down on Shotzi's tank, and it was officially announced that they were officially part of SmackDown moving forward, and I thought this was a fantastic ad. They needed, they needed talent. That goes without saying. And, you know, Tegan just got back. Shotzi was in a tag team with Ember, so a lot of messiness there for NXT. But these two are, of course, great ads, and I just hope that they don't get lost in the shuffle because I think both are just so talented. And now we're thinking and moving forward. They did defeat Natalia and Tamina, which is pretty notable. I think they are probably going to be your next tag team champions. They don't seem to be in any. Um, they don't seem to be waiting around to, you know, make you think that this team could be champions. They already beat the cha tag team champions. If they got a good run with those belts, it'd be a good way to establish them. Liv Morgan was officially added to. The Money in the Bank ladder match, as was Natalia. Natalia was announced on Twitter, while Liv Morgan got in the face of Sonya Deville after Carmella was handed a SmackDown Women's Championship match for tomorrow night, for Friday night SmackDown, where she will go against Bianca Belair as Bailey's replacement. Um, so Morgan got added there. Very happy for her. She's earned it. Absolutely earned it. I think. Um, I think what she's done. To not only improve over the past few years, but be a character, you know, be her own self is just, it's something that you 
applaud because you can tell that she's trying to be someone that matters to this company. And I think this could be her shining moment. I hope it is her shining moment. Um, the last thing here, Seth and Edge finally got in the faces of each other. I think that was very telling. Um, Edge recalled when Rollins had threatened to break his neck again many years ago. So that's, that's enticing in a sense that this has to be your SummerSlam match. Uh, giving Seth Rollins and Edge a big match against each other for the first time ever on the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. You can't complain about that. I think Roman beats Edge. And then we get that match. Maybe Seth costs Edge. I, I highly doubt that. I think Roman probably beats him. If anyone costs him the match, it's going to be the Usos. But... Edge versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. No one's complaining about that. Let's discuss Monday Night Raw real quick. There's not too much to touch on here, but Bobby Lashley faced off with Xavier Woods in a singles match, and Xavier Woods pinned the WWE Champion in the middle of the ring. And this was to begin a... Um, seemingly difficult night for Bobby Lashley. You know, Lashley went on to leave the arena, then to return. And MVP thought, let's have a party tonight, get him better on his mood. Later in the night, Bobby Lashley returns to the building, goes to the party, and he destroys everything. He makes the point to MVP, it's time to stop celebrating. The only celebrating he wants to do is destroying people once again. And this really, to me, was essentially what fans have been wanting since they started, you know, bringing in the women and drinking the champagne every week and pretty much having Bobby do nothing. This is the Bobby Lashley we want. This is the Bobby Lashley we need. This was the perfect segment in my mind ahead of the... WWE Championship match on Sunday. The other thing to touch on real quick is that Mandy Rose was traded for Aaliyah according to WrestleVotes on Twitter. So Mandy Rose did appear on NXT this week uh, watching Saray versus Gigi Dolene. Um, and Aaliyah pretty much said goodbye to Robert Stone. So this is very interesting. Um, a weird trade because I thought when I saw Mandy on NXT, it was just a sense of, okay, so they're sending her there and while well, SmackDown takes a lot of roster members. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be a straight up trade. We'll see um, we'll see if Aaliyah has any debut or something this coming week or maybe it's in due time, but you know, good for Leah. She's been down there for a long time. She's had to work really hard to get to where she is now. Uh, hopefully she can, you know, find some sort of success. I don't think she's going to be a women's champion, but, you know, you never know. You never know. So I'm going to save the preview for Money in the Bank till the end of the show. Let's dive into NXT and AEW real quick. 
Um, I thought both had very good shows this week. For NXT, it was a good follow-up to the Great American Bash. While I thought AEW just got better. Um, so this was Fighter Fest this week. It got better from the Road Rager last week. Uh, and I can't, you know, I can't complain about that. So NXT opened up with Dakota Kai versus Ember Moon. They have had to have wrestled five times now, maybe five singles matches over the past couple months. And I don't really complain because they're very good matches every single time. Uh, this was shocking because Dakota Kai actually got the clean win. So Ember Moon without her tag team partner, she's now just a single star, and I think that'll be fine for her. But Dakota Kai got a big win. Um, after the match, Zia Lee came out, looked straight at Raquel Gonzalez, and said, you are in the way of my destiny. So next week, we will be having Raquel Gonzalez versus Zia Lee for the NXT Women's Championship. I would absolutely love if Zia Lee won the goddamn championship because I think Zia Lee um, has a lot of potential. I think she is someone that I'm happy they're really using now. Um, she's just very talented. And, you know, thinking in my head, would they consider actually changing the titles? I don't think so. I think the goal here, especially with, you know, the likes of Knox and Blackheart and Storm all up now, is that Dakota Kai eventually takes that title from Raquel Gonzalez. But it should be interesting to watch Zaya versus Raquel. I can imagine that's going to be an interesting match no matter what, what way you put it. Uh, Saray destroyed Gigi Dolene. Um, she hit this fantastic drop kick to the skull of um, the former Priscilla Kelly that you know sent a lot of people into anger. But I thought it was just a brilliant looking move. Gigi Dolene said after let's wrestle again soon um you know Gigi's going to be an important part i think of nxt within the next couple months especially with all these roster moves so that was cool uh, but saray's just such a star and this is when mandy rose showed up she was just watching i guess this was really just her debut um to show she's on the roster now but saray is special saray is very good and she's going to be champion somewhere down the line. That's maybe the biggest guarantee there is on this show right now. Uh, we had the NXT Breakout Tournament begin. This was the second edition of the tournament. We have Ikiman Jiro facing off with Duke Hudson, a.k.a. Brendan Vink, who was on... Monday Night Raw at one point, I believe, last year. Um, he was teaming with Shane Thorne, and he almost was managed by MVP, which I feel like a lot of people forget about. Uh, but Hudson actually picked up the win here. I was shocked. I thought for sure they were going to give it to Jiro. Uh, but good for Hudson. He's been there for a couple years now. Uh, Jiro just joined. I don't think this hurts him in any way. As we've seen in the breakout tournament, Losing in the first round doesn't mean much. Like Isaiah Swerve Scott lost in the first round. He's currently NXT North American champion. So I don't think that really affected him. I think Jiro is going to be a fan favorite, though. Um, his charisma just, you know, explodes anytime you see him. You can just see how 
charismatic he is. So, yeah, that was um, that was a fine little match. Karrion Cross versus Johnny Gargano in the main event of NXT for the NXT Championship. Samoa Joe as the special guest referee. The tale of this match was literally just Cross and Joe. And you were wondering, will Cross ever hit Joe? Will this finally happen? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? It didn't happen during the match. Um, Johnny had some good spots. Uh, he always took advantage when Joe had to pull Cross off or they got into his faces. At one point, Johnny hit the one final beat DDT. The fans were on their feet. One, two, kick out by Cross, of course. People thought Gargano was going to be a new champion. Uh, people were very into Gargano. If they turned him babyface soon, I would not be shocked. Um, Johnny Wrestling was being sung throughout the arena. It was essentially like it was three years ago again, and Gargano was just on top of the world. Um, it was just it was nice to see because it's really been a while since we've seen that Gargano. Um, but this match was pretty good. Uh, Cross, of course, ultimately won. Uh, knocking out Johnny, and once the match was over, Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross had a stare down. And once Joe turns his back, Karrion Cross put Samoa Joe to sleep. He put him to sleep. And ladies and gentlemen, this will be your NXT TakeOver main event. I am putting a lot of money into that right now. The fact that Cross choked out Joe means that not only is he cleared, but he is coming back, and he is probably going to win that NXT championship. He is going to be the man to finally defeat Karrion Cross. I think he has to, because if you have Samoa Joe lose to Cross, then I really don't know who can beat Karrion Cross. I think Samoa Joe, as the standard for NXT moving forward, would not be a bad thing. Um, Joe is just, you know, one of the best still. While his in-ring may not nearly be at the same levels as it was a decade and a half ago, he still is potentially the best promo in all of wrestling. He still gets it. He gets the psychology, and he's just one of the true badasses of wrestling. People love him. The chance of Joe is going to kill you are always killer. And if he is at TakeOver, if they send TakeOver to Vegas, that could be a very special very special show, but I highly expect Cross versus Joe to main event the next NXT TakeOver, uh, which is SummerSlam weekend. That's it from NXT this week. Just a great show from beginning to end. They gave you what you wanted with the Joe stuff. That's all that really mattered. Uh, I, Joe's coming back. It just has to happen. AEW this week opened up with John Moxley's return, his first time in front of a live, full crowd outside of Daly's place since he wasn't there last week. And my, oh my, was it special. There's something to be said about when John Moxley enters the building. The fans absolutely lose it, and this was the first time we heard Wild Thing with such a crowd. It just radiated radiated around the arena you felt that you felt how important that was you felt how special that was Moxley defending the IWGP United States Championship against 
Carl Anderson. They had a great, uh, I wouldn't say great, probably, you know, very good match. Um, Eddie Kingston started off by just clearing Doc Gallows out, chasing him with a lead pipe. This allowed these two to just tell a story in the ring. Um, you know, Anderson would hit the gun stun to count. It would be the Dead Rider DDT, also known as the Paradigm Shift. I call it by the New Japan name for these purposes since this match was under New Japan Pro Wrestling rules. Um, it's already been announced that John Moxley will now defend his title next week on Fighter Fest Night 2 against Lance Archer, the man he took that title away from, um, in a Texas death match, I believe. I believe that's what it's called. Um, this is the exact same type of match that they had at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom 14, so it only feels right that this is going to be the rematch, and it should be fantastic, probably better than this. There was a backstage segment where Andrade was talking to Alex Abrahantes, I want to say. Um, sorry if I messed that name up. That guy's great, though. Um, he said he showed this logo and he said, where is Death Triangle? And if you listen to this show, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I am probably one of the biggest Death Triangle fans out there. And the fact that they are teasing Andrade and Death Triangle in any sense. Oh, you got me excited, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if that's going to be a fight for the Fallen match or maybe that's where we go all out. Maybe they go Pack versus Andrade or they do some sort of six-man. Oh, just sign me up. This is going to be phenomenal. Maybe it becomes Death Squared. I don't know. Uh, I just... Everything about Death Triangle I think is great. And the fact that Andrade wants to talk to them is only that much more enticing. We had the FTW World Championship on the line as Brian Cage defended against Ricky Starks. Team Taz versus Team Taz. Uh, for those who don't know, Ricky Starks is from the Texas area, so he was the hometown hero of sorts. You could just hear how loud the chants were for Starks. Every single thing he hit, people on their edge of their seat for, and in the end, it would be Powerhouse Hobbs who rips the belt from Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is shocked that someone uh, that Team Taz is doing that to him. But with the referee's back turned, Hobbs would smash Cage on the top of the head with the belt, allowing Starks to pin Cage in the middle of the ring to not only become the new FTW World Champion, to become the chosen one of Team Taz and effectively knock the original Team Taz member, Brian Cage, out of the group. I'm a big fan of Team Taz. I thought this was a great match, probably the second best match of the night, and I also thought that this was just simply brilliant. Cody Rhodes walked into the middle of the ring and said, you know, this may be me using my power, but I want to fight. Malachi Black, Tommy N, whichever you prefer, get out here. Get out here. And Black appeared on the screen and cut this promo talking about how he was essentially putting an old man down in Arn Anderson and 
Cody would say, get out here again. Malachi Black says, I was hoping you said that. The lights go out. And if this is what we're going to keep doing with Malachi Black, then sign me up. Uh, he's just so much cooler already. Like, they've made a star in Malachi Black. They see what he is. And when he defeats Cody, he'll be that much bigger of a star. This is a hot feud. Um, instantly, these two fought around the ringside area um, before cutting to commercial. Speaking of hot angles, Hangman Page was out to talk to Tony Schiavone. Um, this guy, he was ready to lay down the challenge officially to Kenny Omega before it was ruined. Um, as the Elite would walk out and Don Callis would say, no, 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 wait there. The Elite would get in the face of Hangman. Matt Jackson would talk about how Hangman's going to be the next wrestling tragedy. That was a bit harsh. Um, and he said, you're just scared about failure. Kenny would get in his face. And say to him, that's what you're scared of, right? You're scared of failure. So, at the end of all this, which was a great segment, the ultimate result was that it will be the five elite members, Kenny Omega, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and the Young Bucks, taking on Adam Hangman Page and four members of the Dark Order. If Page and the Dark Order win, they get number one contender shots each at the titles on the other side so dark order will get a tag team title shot while hangman page would get a aew world championship match but if they lose they both lose their claim for contention which is really what page had to put on the line and kenny made a good point if you lose this match you don't have to worry about failure that's what you're most afraid of right this, this feud's already off to a wonderful start. And the fans are just eating it up, so it just makes it that much better. Christian versus Matt Hardy was a match that happened here in 2021 on AEW Dynamite. And it was fine. Uh, I didn't care because I don't need to see these two wrestle each other again in 2021. It's just not of interest to me. Of course, Christian Cage won. The Hardy family company, whatever whatever they're called, uh, came down to the ring before Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy made their way down. Christian would get put on Luchasaurus's shoulders before Jungle Boy made this interesting look at Christian. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if that was just Jungle Boy's face at the time. Could be something to read into. We had Sammy Guevara versus Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta is the current independent wrestling champion of the world. Um, he's been shining on both AEW Dark, Dark Elevation, as well as New Japan Strong. Um, many people believe that he is a shining star just waiting to be signed. Um, if this is any case, Yuta was accompanied by the best friends and it looks like he could be added to that group with Trent injured if he were to sign um, in the end Guevara of course won but this match was fast it was exciting uh, Guevara is an absolute mega baby face already like the reaction to him was not shocking seeing that they were also in Texas for him which is like a hometown reception but yeah he felt like an absolute star and really that's all you can ask for when you're AEW. 
Yuka Sakazaki returned to AEW Dynamite for the first time in over a year. She faced off with Penelope Ford. She looked like a star. Everyone was into what she was doing. The magical girl hit the magical girl splash to win the match. Um, I'm thinking Yuka probably gets a title match before she goes back to Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, because she is one of Britt Baker's losses from last year. And finally, the main event. Darby Allen versus Ethan Page in a coffin match. This match was excellent. Just absolute chaos from the beginning. At one point, Ethan Page did the razor's edge into steel steps from the top rope. But of course, Darby Allen won this match. I was hoping Ethan Page would. I predicted Ethan Page would. I was wrong. I just think Page. Um, and really, overall, heels in AEW need to win a bit more. But this was, you know, one of their first nights still back on the road. Of course, Darby, you know, has this huge reaction. He won. Um, and then after the match, he hit a coffin, dropped through the coffin. Um, that was the, one of the dumber things I've seen. But it got a big pop. Probably hurt a lot. Whatever. It, it's your body. You do it. You do whatever you want, Darby. It's just it. Eh, whatever. Eh. Just useless. Um, but yeah, that was a great match. Great match overall. And really, that's it from AEW this week. So, without further ado, let's get into previewing and predicting this Sunday's WWE Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which happens to be one of my favorites of the year. With the removal of Bianca Belair versus Bayley um, in an I Quit match from for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we now have six matches on the ledger. Um, this should be an excellent card from top to bottom. Um, a lot of good things, like a lot of good matches. Uh, I'm a, such a sucker for the Money in the Bank every single year. So instantly to me, this is a great match. Um, as of this recording, we do not have the final contestant in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, so I will give my prediction as to who that will be um, when we get to that. But first off, the Raw Tag Team Championships are on the line as AJ Styles and Omas defend against the Viking Raiders. Part of me thinks they want to give... Styles and Omas a decent run but the other part of me wonders if they want AJ Styles to head back into you know single stuff because he's kind of really needed on Raw and I feel like that just would be better for him um, and the Viking Raiders are not a bad team to switch the titles over to you know they're one of the best teams in the company, you know, they may be comedic with their promos, but the Viking Raiders, War Raiders, War Machine, whatever the fuck you want to call them, they're great. So, I'm going to go with the Viking Raiders to win the tag team titles. Don't know why. I think this match is going to be pretty good, actually. Um, Omas, you know, won't be used too much, but he'll do some power spots. And I think you got to get to a point where the Omas stuff just isn't always going to work. And with crowds back, I feel like you just want AJ Styles in the singles role again. So, yeah, I'm going for the 
I'm going for the change. I think I think the Viking Raiders win. Now, let's continue here and look at the Raw Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley defends against Charlotte Flair for the second pay-per-view in a row. Um, how do I feel about this? It's fine. I have some complaints here or there because I think Charlotte Flair might win this match. And it's more so because Becky Lynch is coming back. And I think they see that as their prized match on Raw while they run back Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks on SmackDown for SummerSlam. So I think Charlotte Flair becomes the new champion. Poor Rhea's, you know, essentially screwed over. But I don't see how you keep doing this match and Charlotte Flair doesn't win. Like, that's just how WWE logic works. So I'm picking Charlotte. Uh, these two can have another great match. I wouldn't be shocked by that. But, yeah, I'm picking Charlotte to win. We have the... Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. The contenders are Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle, Ricochet, John Morrison, Big E, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth freaking Rollins. This could be the best field of all time for a Money in the Bank ladder match. You have one, two, three former world champions. You have two guys in Morrison and Ricochet who are just going to do insane things in this match. You have Shinsuke Nakamura, Big E, and Riddle who all could see as world champions someday. And I'm just very intrigued of where this goes. Like, a lot of people see Drew winning. Um, maybe even more so people are not expecting the likes of a Shinsuke to win. Big E could definitely win because I think we're going for that Big E push. But I don't know if that's how they want him to win the title. So looking at the field here, I'm not going with Drew. Who would I want to win? I think John Morrison would be a great choice. Um, Big E, as long as you don't turn him heel and he cashes in. Um, if he cashed in normally, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I'm, I don't know why. I don't know why. But my hunch says that they give it to Kevin Owens or Riddle. I don't think Seth Rollins wins, even though, you know, he could easily be a favorite. I think Riddle is a guy they see a lot of potential in. And, you know, you're trying to make a star with this match. But Kevin Owens I can see because you can look at him and think 
this could be our heel guy on Raw or SmackDown or I think a baby face, you know, stunner. That would get the fans amped. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens here. Um, but really, it, I could see every person in this match win. And I think that's the beauty of it. I can't wait to watch it. I really can't wait to watch this. This is a special field. This is a special field. The Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's side features Lena Vega, Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, and Natalia, with one more person to be named. Both Asuka and Alexa Bliss are former winners. Uh, many people do believe that Alexa Bliss is the favorite. I do not believe so. I think it's the unannounced Sonya Deville who will win this match. I think Sonya Deville has been long ready to be a star in this company. And the work she's been doing has been great. And entering herself into the match and winning the match would be... Mwah, chef's kiss. The WWE Championship is on the line as Bobby Lashley defends against Kofi Kingston. In front of a crowd, part of you kind of wants to think, do they give Kofi the win? And I'm thinking to myself, maybe. First show, first pay-per-view back in front of a live crowd, you put Kofi Kingston in a WWE Championship match. Would it be that crazy to think they could give him the title? I don't think he gets it. But there's a little part of me that does. I'm going to pick Bobby Lashley. I just think... Bob is on a different level when he is serious, which it looks like he is going to be again. And I don't know how, if you can get Brock Lesnar back, I don't know how you don't do that match at SummerSlam. That's that's the mentality I'm going with. The Universal Championship is on the line in the main event as Roman Reigns defends against Edge. Roman Reigns is winning this match, but I expect it to be very good, very physical, and, you know, just another great match in the, the in the title reign of Roman Reigns. Not much else to put there. So that was this week's edition of the Wrestling with Edwards podcast. Next week, I will be reviewing anything that happens at Slammiversary. I'll be reviewing the first three in-person Live fans returning shows of WWE. I'll be talking AEW Fighter Fest Night 2. And that's that. So you can follow me on Twitter at Scott E. Wrestling. You can check out my articles on Last Word on Sports, Voices of Wrestling, Daily DDT, and Inside the Ropes, as well as Fight Game Media. Otherwise, everybody have a good, safe week. Enjoy all the wrestling this weekend, and have a good one.